Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's WandaVision. Bermuda, baby! Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and here we are in full Technicolor with episode three, titled Now in Color. Uh, we got Herb acting kind of strange. Um, we have a slightly misogynistic doctor, uh, a stork, and even more mysteries to uncover as we dive deep and give you our thoughts on this week's episode. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like Book Club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers, uh, not only for this series, but the MCU in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Before we enter back into the lovely town of Westview, let me introduce you all to my fellow agents of S.W.O.R.D. On the show, we have, with me as always, the joint token, jelly-brained jive turkey of Jersey, Justin. Yo, see you on the flip side, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that's it. Uh, and on a secret assignment in the depths of the multiverse, he's mean, he's keen, and he can kiss my wrist while wearing killer kicks. He's Kevin Hudson. Yeehaw. <laughs> Woo! How I was going for boys? like a 70s. I'm going for a 70s thing. You got you psychedelic cool cats. Yeah, I don't that's know. why I said see you on the flip side. Isn't that what there Herb you go. says yeah. in, the, in the episode? So I, thought that I, was... think he, I think he does. Yeah. 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 wonder what that even means. Does that mean something on the flip yeah. side? Guys. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, before we dive right into that plot, uh, let's get a brief overview. I want your high-level thoughts on the episode. Kevin, go. Um, I thought there were a lot of very interesting sort of Easter eggs and whatnot throughout the episode, um, just alluding to a lot of things that have happened in comics. I mean, as the show goes on, I'm trying, I'm, I'm kind of finding myself digging deeper into uh, that sort of side of it, just to see, you know, where the inspiration's coming from and everything. So uh, that was a lot of fun to sort of dissect. I must say that uh, I found it uh, the least interesting of the three. I think. You know, like last week with that magic act, it was just such a brilliant piece of sitcom storytelling and writing and everything. And then this week, the episode was a little flat outside of the very intriguing stuff going on. And I think it's trying to do both. So both are kind of important, you know? Yeah, I, I think uh, in terms of, of the Easter eggs and the sort of uh, relationship to the, the comics and what they're bringing in from the comics into the episode, that really stood out to me. Um I can see why the first two episodes plus this episode was was released to uh, a variety of people early on just to kind of really set up for this whole experience. So it kind of makes me wish that they had released all three episodes uh, at the same time because this really does kind of like on an upward scale just kind of take you into that that weirdness um, right up until the end of the episode. Uh, that was that was still very cool. But yeah, like to Kevin's point, I think the situation wasn't necessarily as riveting as the other two were like the magic show was really comical and, and and interesting and it just lacked a little bit more of that that sort of sitcom magic that i really appreciated in even the, the first two episodes so uh, it was still good though it's just uh, yeah, i yeah i don't I, I wasn't blown away by it yeah I, I mean maybe it's um maybe i'm not as familiar with 70s sitcoms specifically um to the point where like 
I, I just didn't, to your point, I didn't catch a lot of like, I don't know, 70s-isms. Like, yes, they were the clothing and the, the theme. I thought they, they hit that. But um, but yeah, for, as far as the sitcom aspect was concerned, I do agree with you guys. I think it, it did fall a little flat. I actually didn't catch as many Easter eggs on this episode. Um, and I think, I honestly think going forward, they might sort of lay off the Easter eggs um, here and there a little more as the show starts to sort of maybe open up and become, you know, we start to see the, the plot sort of, takeover um because i think like yeah it's fun to have those easter eggs in lieu of the plot like if the plots if the plot's not there if it's not moving forward um so you can have something to chew on and talk about and have fun with um so i think i think we'll see less and less but i I am interested to see uh kevin uh what you happen to catch but guys let's get right into that plot uh we start with a lovely i think it was actually really nice i actually like the song a lot 70s style opener as we see wanda and vision enjoying their last few moments before parenthood while riding around uh town preparing for the big day um i only noticed a couple of interesting things in it uh in the opening but before i get to that kevin as our resident tv expert uh (laughs) what shows were they going for this one uh i think this one was big time brady bunch you saw it at the end there with the title sequence. It was very uh, much that. But even uh, the the interior of the living room was full on uh, a Brady Bunch uh, sort of. The stairs, there's the, the brick wall, the, the, the step down into the, the living room area. It was very much based on that. Um, and then uh, just really quickly in terms of sort of plot elements, it was uh, very much uh, similar to an episode of Mork and Mindy. Mm. Oh, really? Mork, who has the baby. Um, But anyway, so you can see where they got that sort of element of the plot from was definitely that Mork and Mindy episode. But then a lot of the other uh, aesthetic details were very much Brady Bunch. So I did call that one last week. There you go. And I think the song was very like Partridge Family, right? Like sort of like the family singing together. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin, did you notice anything strange going on in that uh, opening sequence? Did you catch anything? I didn't catch anything. I only watched it once. The other the other shoes, I I actually like for episode one and two, I watched them twice. So unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it again. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, again, to, to feed into the nostalgia, the time period, they really did lean hard in terms of the aesthetics from the, the intro right into, you know, the set design and and the clothing for it to feel very seventies. Again, another episode moving forward with the idea of like just paying homage to the history of television. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like, so yeah, again, I thought the opening was was really well done for the, the 70s homage and the, the scene and the clothing and stuff like that. But yeah, like sort of the, I mean, you could clearly see the, like you could almost replace Dick Van Dyke or, or Vision with Dick Van Dyke in like the previous episode and it could have just been a Dick Van Dyke show. Whereas with this one, I, I didn't really catch those moments. Um, but I, I definitely, during that opening, I kept noticing, like you guys are noticing the hexagons, right? Everywhere, um, right? Which is interesting because... They look like honeycombs, and there's this theory that Westview operates like a like a beehive, right? Like with Wanda as like the queen bee, and we saw a beekeeper at the that end was, of last week's episode. Beekeeper? Okay, I like so, that idea. Right, sure. and and um, I think even Geraldine in this episode is wearing uh, hexagon earrings. So you you know lots of hexagons everywhere, and and also like the word hex. But um, I also liked in the opening, um, you see Wanda reading a, a glam she's reading glamorous magazine mm-hmm. and on the front it says lovely legs can take you anywhere Where, yeah. uh and on the back of the magazine it's like some lagoon or some getaway spot right so it's like there's so much emphasis on travel or lack there of it uh as we <laughs> we tend to see in this episode 
Um, and then every single opener so far that we've seen, it's fun to watch because there's at least one thing that it's going to give away in the plot. Um, and so, you know, obviously us being comic book fans or at least uh, ancillary comic book fans, MCU fans, we knew that, you know, she was probably going to have two kids. Um, but uh, but during the opening, you get to see Vision and he's he's putting together um, a, uh, a swing set and there's two swings. Right. And and it's just it's it's just there's so much foreshadowing that goes on in that opening scene. Um, it's just cool. I love how intentional it is. Um, but then we we open up with a shot of the house, um, which is such a '70s thing, right? Like the the shot of the home first. I guess that started in the '70s. Um, I remember it from a lot of shows in the '90s. But um, we get this comedic moment with uh, with a doctor who is he's pretty sexist. Uh, he, he keeps saying things like, um, you know, we we let the little ladies keep tabs on their growing babies with fruit or something like that. <laughs> it makes it simpler for them. Yeah, we dumb it down for them. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wow, okay. Nice, doctor. Um, after lying to the doctor as to not give away the strangeness that is a four-month pregnancy within 12 hours, uh, Vision walks Dr. Nielsen out of the house, and Vision asks the good doctor if he can keep new- the news of the pregnancy uh, to his discretion. The doctor is off to his vacation in Bermuda, uh, and not five minutes into this episode, we get our first moment of illusion breaking with herb cutting past the hedges into the seemingly fake brick property divider um guys we talked about you know on our last episode how we hoped that this show would speed up the weirdness um is this the kind of pace you guys were expecting for this uh, at least for this episode so far uh, i liked it it was short and sweet but sort of got to the punch right like it, it gave you something right at the beginning you know yeah a little, just to little kind weird. of show that things are getting worse and worse for whatever's happening with Wanda as we go along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it was, it was eerie. Right. And the fact that in that moment, when we're starting to notice as a viewer, how eerie that is. So too is vision, right? Like he's like, yeah, that's pretty strange what he's doing. Right. Like it's almost like he's kind of in the same place as we are at times. Like he's playing along, but then he'll kind of snap out of it and be like, there's something not right you know the just seeing how he was and just kind of dead stare at him as he just continued to cut through this wall like it was just kind of like is is the is the matrix glitching do you know what i mean right like it kind of yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. That, right and his eyes are like wide open as he's yeah. doing it and, and then he's like, like yeah. oh yeah thank oh, you, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> i didn't notice that what yeah. <laughs> um cool so then vision enters back into the house after only being gone for about two minutes to find wanda is now six months pregnant and after um a lame uh, papaya joke uh we we cut to the scene where um they're building the baby crib uh wanda causes the butterflies to come to life and the two argue over whether or not to name the baby billy or tommy so justin before we continue um i was wondering if you catch us up to speed no pun intended on who billy and tommy might be from the comics yeah, so in the comics, uh, Billy Kaplan and Tommy Shepard is what they're known as. Okay. Um, and they're actually introduced in Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung's 2005-2006 Young Avengers series. And they're actually introduced as uh, Wiccan and Speed. Um, now, Billy, who is very much like Wanda, has the magical powers and uh, is part of the Young Avengers pretty early on. Uh, mm-hmm. Tommy, however, uh, the twin brother, has uh, Petro's speedster abilities, if you will. 
Um, and like their resemblance is noted immediately by the groups of Young Avengers. And they, it's pretty much confirmed that they're reincarnations of Wanda and Vision's children, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more detail. I'd like to like maybe save another sure. por- portion of their history. Yeah. Um, beyond their impressive uh, pedigree, both Billy and Tommy are notably both uh, LGBTQ characters in the Marvel Universe. So, you know, to see these two names show up, these two characters, uh, it's pretty interesting, right? Especially with the fact that, like, the Marvel Universe seems to be going in a direction of building uh, young Avengers. You know, we we do have the new Hawkeye, played by Haley Seinfeld. We we have Cassie Lang, who's who's in the Ant-Man series. She's going to be in Quantumania, yeah. Yeah, she's going to be in Quantumania. We got Iman coming in as... uh... Miss Marvel. Yep. And then we also have uh, America America Chavez, who will be appearing in Doctor Strange in the uh, Multiverse of Madness. So it's like there's there's already seeds for a young Avengers group. So it's yeah. kind of fitting that they're brought in. Yeah. Kevin, are you stoked to to kind of – do you think that's the way we're going to go? Do you think it's it's young Avengers? And if so, is that something you'd want? I, I, I don't want there to be like 10 different factions that you sort of have to follow – as we go along here, but uh, if that's the direction they're going, I, I mean, I'll wait and see if they are going to sort of have them assemble, if you will. Uh, but for now, it, it, I'm more interested in, uh, given the backstory of these two characters, uh, Tommy and Billy in the comics, I don't even know uh, like if they're even real. I just, I, I love, again, this comes back to the dialogue. I love like that line that, you know, after Vision discovers that Wanda's six months pregnant, he says, boy, oh boy. And I thought I had super speed. I can't keep up, right? And so with with Tommy being the the speed, you know, uh, character, I, I think that's super cool. Well, um, and even even just on that note, you know, yeah. when has when have we ever known Vision to have super speed, right? And so be True. and so it's clear that oh, for yeah. whatever reason I, I her brother becomes quite relevant in this episode, you know, um, and obviously like and so was she sort of imparting the speed she remembers from her brother into vision in this fantasy i just always thought that this... vision did have super speed i don't know well, i can't, never really I can't seen remember it. like it's not something yeah. i'm familiar with right interesting and then yeah. we get another uh subtle nod to i think some foreshadowing i think where he talks about Billy, like he wants to name it Billy, mm-hmm. and you know, nod to William Shakespeare, and he's like, uh, "All the world's a stage, and all the men and women many players." Mm-hmm. Like that's that's got to be referencing the fact that all of Westview are just a bunch of actors, right? Like, yeah, 100%. like I think I think that's kind of the the way they're going there. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, so we move to the scene where vision is practicing his diaper changing and Wanda's uh, contractions cause a blackout. Um, and luckily Phil won't have to answer whether he thinks Dottie's earrings make her look fat. <laughs> that moment that was, was he's like, thank God. That was probably my only like laugh out loud. Laugh out loud. Sure, yeah. yeah. That guy's getting <laughs> some killer uh, moments so far in the show. It's cool though. Like again, the, not as many Easter eggs, but little things that I think are more foreshadowing the lamp in Phil's house. The post on the lamp is actually a statue of two kids. And the newspaper says two fire hydrants on it, but it cuts off, of course, right where it says Hydra. Um, I just thought that was awesome. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So you got to catch that. Um, and then uh, Wanda worries, you know, that their neighbors are always on the verge of discovering their secret. Kind of like how as an audience, we're always on the verge of discovering these secrets. But, yes. you know, Vision starts to express his concern and 
recalls all the weird things they've experienced over the last few days. This is probably one of my favorite moments in the episode. The camera starts panning in and we get the these ominous strings, you know, kind of more definitely yeah, not 70s music. That's yeah, um, and we get a yeah. right we get a very unsettling jump cut back to before Vision started questioning things. Did you guys think that this was an issue with your Wi-Fi? <laughs> No, 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 I, no, I, you, I, yeah. I honestly, for a second, I was like, I literally it, did it the. It does I, happen so fast go back though, that it, it could be interpreted yeah. that way. But like, like even if you blinked, you probably would have missed it and been like, oh, what just happened? Did it just jump <laughs> back? Like you would have, right? But I think it, you would have clued in pretty quickly that again, it's right. the same because we already saw it in a yeah. different representation in the previous episode. We can we're, we're seeing it again, right? Like again, this idea of I don't want to hear it. I'm going to just turn yeah. this back. She kind of like, she kind of blinks, right? Or she yeah. wink, she, exactly. she blinks her eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of the little elements that they're incorporating in every episode to sort of reflect the, the technology yes. of the time, yeah. like the, the purposefully bad CGI effects in the first episode, you know, where like, you know, it's clearly not, uh, it's very intentional. And so just this sort of, uh, you know, shoddy editing clipped back together sort of second. Yeah, it was like tape. You know, of, yeah, it was, it yeah. was, I just love how they, they really make it look authentic yeah. in that regard. Uh, some nice music starts playing, and then instead of the eerie music, Vision starts comforting Wanda uh, and saying, if he's anything like his mother, Billy will be perfect. Um, <laughs> again, yeah. reincarnation of, of Wanda, um, Billy being, uh, I think you mentioned Wiccan, um, the, yes. the magical uh, of the two. So very cool. Um, and then she, she has more contractions, and then her water breaks, causing a torrential downpour. Um, but then we cut to commercial. Guys, what did you hit think of the Hydra Soak commercial and how amazing that mom's perfect 70s hair was? Well, I, I think the, the, the reference that you made about travel and the idea of like creating like a your own vacation, your own sort yeah. of experience. It's, it's kind of what we're in right now with Wanda, right? Like she's creating mm -hmm. her own sort of experience, her own, her own sort of way of, of kind of, uh, world that she can travel to and that she, she can get lost in. Uh, there seems to be that association with this, with the Hydra soak, right? Like you can't get away. Right. But you know, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, refreshing your skin with this Hydra soak. Right? Yeah. Is, I think is the line is that. like when you want to get away, but you don't want to go anywhere. Exactly. Right? right. Yeah. So, and, and I, and I think that also like, again, kind of, uh, each of these commercials hinting at, uh, Easter eggs of, of her past, you know, first one being about Stark, the second one being about Strucker, this one being about her time being held captive by Hydra. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's obviously what, what the product's name kind of is insinuating, uh, as part of her history and what, where, where she comes from. Very cool. Kevin, did you enjoy this, uh, this, this commercial? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I almost found the sort of nods to things or what the, you know, the Easter eggs, if you will, not to, yeah, I was going to ask term, Um, but, uh, they were, they were a little more subtle than the last two. I thought other than obviously the name of the soap. <laughs> that was a little on the nose. Yeah. I did hear um, a small theory from our resident Marvel expert. That would, of course, be my brother, Darcy, who I believe will be joining us on uh, next week's Ooh. episode. So he speculated that uh, like his big theory going out of this is that AIM are sort of responsible for what's going on. But, it, but not that they're involved. Obviously, we all know that. But he thinks they're controlling everything. And what they want to do is unleash... Um, the inner goddess, if you will, of um, Wanda herself. 
she's got mm-hmm. basically got the powers of a god and so right. you know the goddess within and everything like that he really thinks they're they're hammering home on that so yeah i, I think really just the find the goddess within line was 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 maybe key to what's going on there they really want her to sort of unleash her full potential but we'll see yeah i i know there was some um there was some char- there was a character in the comic books uh that was had something to do with like Agnes coming back to life like Agnes was dead um and they had to awaken some goddess or something like that so i i'm wondering if almost that has something to play with in but it it's just cool that they can kind of take i like how vague they are with it so they can kind of take it anywhere right we can get these nods to maybe it is hydra maybe it's stark maybe it's you know, it's it's these these demonic characters from the uh, Marvel comics, but um, yeah, I'm 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 digging these commercials. Well, I, I'm, I'm so happy it's the same two people every single time as well. Well, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if as they move forward, we start to see other you know like maybe we see something with you know a Thanos and you know the importance of that or um, an Ultron. Probably we'll see that before we would see a Thanos, obviously, right? So you oh, know, I if think- we get like a '90s style commercial with like a, an Ultron action figure or something like. <laughs> that would be like you know what I mean like that would dope. be pretty interesting yeah. right but yeah. Ultron himself like in the comics ends up becoming a fairly interesting character and and kind of goes the same trajectory as as Vision and Wanda becoming like a suburban a suburbanite yes. living and, and and having his own sort in of, the old man Logan yeah, comics that's yeah. how it happens yeah well, yeah but that Very like cool. it'd be so weird if he just randomly showed up in an episode and like he was like <sighs> their neighbor or something like that like you know <laughs> that would be dope that would be dope um, so back from commercial break, uh, Vision runs off to find the doctor and want to hear something strange coming from the baby's room. There's a ring at the door, and lo and behold, Geraldine shows up. Uh, we get these great comedic scenes of Wanda like hiding her pregnancy, pregnancy, um, and also you know there's a live stork that shows up. Um, <laughs> until Geraldine finally discovers the baby's room and that Wanda is indeed pregnant. Uh, this is actually where I thought that it was a missed opportunity because I loved that they were poking fun at all the different ways that like sitcoms use to hide yes. an actress on the show being pregnant. <laughs> and so like they did the jacket, then they did the bowl of fruit and that was it. And she just held it for like five True. minutes. Yeah. If she had been going around to different objects, moving things so that they would block it and stuff. They right. could have going had to a, a certain lot counter. of fun with that yeah. five minute scene instead of. It being, it was a little dry with her talking about the story at work and stuff. And so I just think they could have really, she could have run behind the counter in the kitchen, something like that, just to sort of constantly be hiding it. So I thought that was a small missed opportunity. It's funny though, like to your point, they use that as like a huge crutch in the first, like probably two to three minutes of that scene. And then it suddenly became about like a, a giant stork. A randomly appearing right and then it was like that's why she was like having to like listen and to even this story. and even the stork thing wasn't as well executed i i didn't think because she just kept saying ooh ooh right and and if you were talking with somebody and they started going ooh you would look around or you would react <laughs> differently if right. she had been saying things that fit into her story you know um, a little bit more and oh yeah you're right and and Geraldine could have played off of that a bit more so again I just thought that's what they had done so well in those first two episodes was take a classic sitcom situation and put our characters in it and so that was just a small chunk of that episode that really bummed me out a little yeah it definitely sort of slowed down in that moment right like it it you could I think that might have been the first time where I just sort of was like okay let's 
Okay, what's next? Like, go next, right? Where in the previous two episodes, I think the pacing was was a bit better done, um, at least from that scene. I thought this this show and this episode, from a pacing standpoint, was nice and fast, but that scene did definitely slow down. Um, Wanda goes into labor, and in that moment, Geraldine has to help deliver the baby. Uh, then Vision returns with the doctor just in time to meet his son. We get this sweet moment where Wanda asks Vision if he wants to see his son, uh, you know, or wants his son to see him with his real face. Uh, but then, boom, two babies. Um, so just out of nowhere, there's two babies. They get two babies now. Uh, and there's that great moment where Vision leans in and she just screams in his face. Um, then uh, they name the two babies Tommy and Billy. And all seems well. Vision walks the good doctor out again and mentions how he hopes him and his wife will still be able to get away on their trip. And we get another glitch uh, with an eerie line of dialogue with the doctor saying, well, that's the thing with small towns, you know, so hard to escape. And they linger on that moment just, you know, nice and long there. We then see Agnes and Herb a lot of people are calling him Herb, but I think his name's Herb, uh, whispering, and Vision walks over to see what's up. Agnes asks if uh, Geraldine is inside with Wanda and mentions to him that she has no family, no husband, and no home. Then Herb says, she came here because we're all... And then Agnes uh, cuts him off and says, stop it! Stop it! And uh, <laughs> just very similar to, uh, to you know, that first episode that we saw um, with, with the boss's wife doing the same thing. Um, and, and, you know, they kind of play it off like it's nothing after that. Um, so I got to ask, guys, before we continue, what was Herb going to say? Kevin, uh, what was Herb going to say here? What, uh, was, the, what was the next word? I, uh, you know, um, <laughs> like I, something about, you know, um, being actors of, of some sort. Oh. I just don't know which act who they're acting for. Okay. Are they part are they Wanda's creation or are they put there by AIM or uh Sword, whoever's running the show here, you know, in in order to sort of manipulate mm. her decisions. That's an interesting name drop, AIM, if we're gonna see them return into the MCU. That would be interesting if it if they play a part in this. Um, see, I feel like I feel like they can't um See, I don't think they would be as worried about about Monica Rambeau if that was if they were sword. You know what I mean? Like maybe aim, sure, maybe maybe something else, but um, I don't I, think I, they would be as worried about Monica Rambeau if they were sword indeed, right? Well, I think I think the person that's that's worried is is Agnes, right? She's yeah. she's she's a hundred percent worried. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think if anything, if if it is the two of them or or at least Wanda creating these representations of these characters that are in this world um you know they're all kind of sort of aware of what part they play in this world do you know what I mean like yeah it's kind of it kind of makes me think now that the people that are in there like a Truman show are in on it yeah I think he was gonna say trapped like I think it even though that sounds obvious I think he was gonna say trapped I mean they did just allude to it in the previous scene with the doctor right right just being like it's it's so hard to leave but um exactly yeah I have I have some more theories on that but I'll get to that later um (laughs) meanwhile inside the house Geraldine says can you believe it twins to which Wanda replies I was a twin Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a brother his name was Pietro uh, in her original accent, Kevin, it yes, came back. Yeah, it came oh, back. You were so excited. Thanks. Yeah, she starts singing She's the song, right? The Sokovian yeah. lullaby. Yeah. Um, and then Geraldine says, uh, 
she turns to her and he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? She kind of like really goes out of her Geraldine character. Uh, Wanda notices the sword symbol on Geraldine's necklace. Uh, and then she goes into full defensive mama bear mode uh, and just like, you know, back back up, Geraldine, uh, and asks Geraldine to leave. Um, she then forces her to leave. Vision runs back in and discovers Wanda alone with the babies, all creepy-like, uh, and she lies to him about Geraldine's, you know, where, whereabouts. Uh, then the screen goes into widescreen aspect ratio uh, for the first time so far. I know it's only been three episodes. Um, but then we see probably the most real most of the real world that we've seen so far um we get this awesome moment geraldine boom shot out of the uh the pocket reality um flying out of the perimeter surrounding westview onto the ground where she's she's seemingly rescued by sword um guys i know that's a lot uh (laughs) but that's pretty much the episode there guys give me your thoughts Uh, first off where did geraldine end up and uh and and what did you think of these sort of realm-breaking moments. Uh, in the preview, there was a shot of that looks like Monica being fired out of of this thing, and then she yes. lands into the scene that, that we got. I still think that there might be some sort of a, like a flashback or maybe in the next episode kind of starts with that, uh, sort mm-hmm. of like picking up, because uh, we might start to see now that we've been introduced to the outside that bubble, we might get a little bit more of what's going on out there now. Interesting. That, this this might have been the point of where they... They say, okay, now let's let's show you what's on the other side of, of this world, right? We've kept you mm. in here for three episodes. Let's introduce it. So this might be how they break up the sitcom thing where it's like maybe we bounce out, we get a little bit more perspective of what's going on on the outside, and then we go back in for another. But, you know, who knows? Um, mm. But it's interesting just to see, to your point, how they shifted the aspect ratio uh, for, for the filming and, and, and everything just got a little bit more of that, like, cinematic yeah cinematic grit to it it didn't have that you know traditional tv style so um it was obviously an actual real life place not a set yeah Um, so it really does transcend you into the into the alternate yeah like westview's a real place right i'm assuming right in town of of some kind something like like that that. there's a water tower there as well yeah i think yeah you kind of see like like uh houses in the background with lights on yeah and they're uh, all which is it looks like some of them were abandoned right like it looks like it's a pretty like not necessarily a and i think we'll see more of like as the mold starts to break again from just things that we've seen in in the trailer who knows? Yeah. They might not necessarily include it in, but obviously there's there's a moment where you see the perfect house and it reality breaks and it's like an abandoned house, right? So it's like who knows where they are and what hmm. environment it is, right? Kevin, do you think that was that's got to be sword rescuing her, right? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So obviously she was in there, blew her cover, and uh, you know, and so does the fact that Wanda, uh, at least we think, shoots her out of this pocket bubble, reality. whatever we yeah. want to call it right now uh, would indicate that she's aware of what's going on right and so has she created this to sort of protect herself from the outside world interesting um you know but who put up the the walls you know i'm just very curious about again who are the players and who's running the show here and, and to what extent i think it's going to be both players are having different roles in in what's going on but uh I, I got to just say quickly, the last six minutes as that was all breaking down and, you know, while Vision's talking to the neighbors and getting the story, like, that was, that was such scene. a great tension filled yeah. scene. You know, uh, again, I just wish that first 
20 minutes or whatever of that episode had been better done. It was, I, I wish it sure. was better. I wish yeah. there was a bit more care put into what we were watching so that it would be like, it was kind of a flat, almost boring, I hate to say it episode. Mm-hmm. And so when this came in, it was like a relief, but, but if, but if we had been, you know, having a fun time with everything and really hitting, you know, cliches, you know, sitcom stereotypes, a more and then yeah. it, you know, shifted into the, that's what makes it work so well in those previous episodes. And I didn't get that real shift in feeling from it. It was like, meh, to, oh, okay, that's cool. Mm. unfortunately just to go off one point that kevin was making there i think a hundred percent this is another you know clear affirmation that wanda is in control and knows what's going on and yeah if there was there's been one in every episode there's been one moment in every episode where Where she clearly is in control i I I think it's interesting because because we've like clearly geraldine like yes is from sword the the townsfolk are against her Right, because they—I mean—they instantly rejected her. I think we've got Agnes as a separate player from both the townsfolk or Sword, um, and you know, it's like even that moment where Agnes um, visions walking up to up to them, and and Agnes says Tommy's name, like like she knows what's going on, like like she knows even without seeing it uh, what's happening. So um, I've got a, I've got a prediction. I'm sure we all do, but guys. Let's let's hear it. What is your um, what's your if you have any more final thoughts or what is your final score? Um, and this time we're going to rate the episode on a scale of one to five Hydra soak bars. Justin, I'm with Kevin. I think that there was some really flat, boring parts of this episode that were just kind of like, you know, nostalgic TV moments for the sake of nostalgic TV moments. But when the reality broke uh, in certain scenes and, you know, the introduction of the kids, um, and, and at the end, obviously, as we as we've discussed in great length, you know, those moments at least saved what would have been a very mediocre episode. But because of how mediocre it is, I'm going to give this one a uh, three point. Sorry, three point two seven five Hydra soap bars. I would give this this episode. Oh, man, that wasn't awkward at all. Kevin, no. what is your <laughs> uh, my overall impression was, um, again, I, I think the ending really saved it. I mean, there's intrigue and in obviously a character going from not pregnant to like you know uh, a miraculous conception to having twins 24 hours later i just thought the the sort of storytelling around that which is of, of you know one of my favorite aspects of the show was very much lacking at least the last six minutes really sort of gave us a lot to think about and chew on and, and get excited for the next episode so i uh, while it's my least favorite episode of the show and therefore, uh, it, it won't receive nearly the scores I gave the first two episodes. I'm going to give this one a 3.6. I'm not feeling too, too dirty on that episode. So I only need 3.6 Hydra Soap Bars. <laughs> Hydra Soap Bars yeah. to, to get away um, without going anywhere. Um, I I enjoyed the last act of this episode, like we were saying. Um, I think as it, it starts to uh, really unravel the mysteries of the show or, or even bring up new ones... Um, Again, to your point, up until that last act, it was it's a little slow, it's a little boring, to, so to speak. I think they nailed the aesthetic, but again, they didn't nail the the seventies tropes, or at least I didn't see them. Um, and 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 I think I think I'm familiar with them. I, I anyways, um, I'm I'm still very much intrigued to see you know the more that this show has up its sleeves, um, and I think the more that it unveils, the more intense and dark it's gonna get. Um, so I'm all in for that. Like I want it to get 
dark because she's going to realize that vision is dead <laughs> and it's just going to be it's going to be so sad i want to stay within the the dream um but uh i'm i'm you know i'm really enjoying the vibe for the show but yeah to the to the idea of like the the scores that i gave the last episode i'm gonna i'm gonna go down a little bit i'm gonna give this one a three and a half hydra soak bars out of five somebody used one of my Hydra soak bars a little bit, and I'm, I'm really upset about it. Uh, but of course, <laughs> at the end of every episode, we like to give uh, any and all predictions we have for the series so far in a segment that we call, What's the Vision? Um, so Kevin, what's the vision? Any predictions for what shows we might see influences from in our next episode? Yeah, again, because I'm not uh, as familiar with the comics as some viewers might be, um, I, I think that'll be my focus sort of, because I do think that they're going to keep up the sitcom thing for at least, you know, another two or three episodes before we get the full reality break. At least for I'm sure. hoping. Yeah. At least I'm hoping. Um, and so as we move into the 80s, I can see, you know, them going with like an all in the family kind of vibe. Um, you know, yeah. you might get a little who's the boss. You might get, you know, some Cosby show dingers. I'm not sure. But I think it's going to be like sort of an all in the family vibe, uh, you know. Again, another wholesome family environment that Wanda can sort of take inspiration from to try and block out the impending doom that's coming for as long as she wants. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to go with all in the family and then look out for a swinging kitchen door. Every okay. family in the 80s had the like they, they just decided, <laughs> you know what this kitchen needs is a door. That swings. Uh, that swings. There's going to be a swinging <laughs> kitchen door and and you could get a lot of fun going through that door and doing something very sitcom-y. And so cool. I almost, that's what I'm hoping for to see is their trope that they sort of hit on. We'll get another We'll get another 3.6 if there's no swinging door. You hear that, Marvel? You got it. Even less. <laughs> Justin, what's the vision? Well, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about the uh, introduction of uh, Wanda's kids, uh, Tommy and, and Billy. They're obviously from the comic book history. Turns out that Thomas and William were magically created from lost pieces of the villain Mephesto's soul. They were kidnapped and reclaimed by Mephesto's proxy, oh. um, who absorbs them into his arms. Now, I was looking <laughs> at some pictures of this. Like, this is like, yeah. this is a comic story. And okay. it's pretty terrifying to see this, like, drawing of this guy with, like, Oh my gosh! Out of his hands, like it's, oh my it's gosh. really weird. It's really, yeah. really weird. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, you you were kind of you were kind of bringing this up, Kev. I I, I do think these kids might not be real, um, or if they are real, they'll become real because of the multiverse and and maybe Wanda trying to bring them over because of her own attachment and you know her creation of it. But I also think that this is yet another hint of Mephisto's involvement. Mm -hmm. In this storyline, there was another article that I had read uh, following this episode. I think it was on Variety, actually, or no, Verge. Actually, it was on the Verge, and mm -hmm. they also brought up the point in the in episode two about Agnes saying, you know, responding to Dottie's comment, you know, the devil's in the details. Well, yes. that's not the only place he is. Um, yeah, he this this writer assumed that she's she's speaking of her husband that we have yet to meet as being the physical representation of Mephesto in this world and that in some way Agnes is, is associated. And I actually think that that's, that's, that's a very 
interesting theory to kind of connect those two characters because we both like we all think that there's 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 something not right about Agnes right yeah Whether she's being possessed or or if she's in control of this thing or you know she's as much helping build this this imaginary world with mm. uh, with Wanda because who knows right like you know this this obviously has come out of her grief who knows if Wanda didn't go to Agnes and, and or met Agnes and, and Agnes has hel- helped her to kind of you with the power of Mephesto, you know, have regression and create this sort of safe place that is just impacting, it's creating like this pocket of energy. And, you know, that's why swords involved. So there's a lot like, there's a lot to obviously unpack uh, with, with what's going on, but you know, with what that's already been dropped in these three episodes thus far, I, I feel like Mephesto is going to play a part and his association with Dr. Strange. He's got uh, to. Yeah, he's got to. He's going to be if we don't see him in a physical representation, just how we saw Dormammu in uh, Doctor Strange. Maybe we see a representation of Mephisto in the same sort of uh, right style, kind of a ethereal being. Exactly. Um, I like that. I like that theory. I like. Uh, I like the idea of maybe getting to a, a moment where Wanda has to decide between bringing Vision back or keeping her children. Um, right. I think would be really, really cool. Like her children, she can she can make her children real, but she has to make that decision because mm. um, I don't think that Vision necessarily needs to be a big part of the MCU going forward. Whereas, as we've already discussed, the kids I think are going to play a role uh, in Young Avengers. Um, yeah, for my for my what's the Vision? I could go one of two theories, right? Like Wanda has either taken over this small town and all these actual real human beings are trapped there. Um, or this is a plan to rescue Vision from the dead, right? Like, as you were saying, like, she's she's suffering in her grief, and she just will do anything to bring him back, and she's a witch, right? So, mm-hmm. obviously, she's she might seek out another witch, um, i.e. Agnes, um, and maybe all these people are technically dead, right? Mm-hmm. And these are their trapped souls. Like, they mm-hmm. can't go to heaven or hell. Exactly. They're just trapped there. Um, and this is all a plan that was cooked up by both Wanda and Agnes originally, but things have gotten out of hand. So, like, I love that theory. I like that. I think it it just works so well. And then we've got S.W.O.R.D. coming in to sort of be like, okay, we need to get Wanda out of this. We need to save her. But what they don't realize is that she's she's a huge part of what she's put herself into um so it'll be really interesting to see how that all nets out um but if there is no swinging door in at least one more episode i'm gonna yeah i'm probably gonna stop watching um (laughs) but uh guys that is it um we hope you enjoyed this week's groovy episode of watch club um make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts uh tune in next week to hear our thoughts on episode four And also, if you didn't know, we also have more than just Watch Club. We also have a regular uh, episode, our our regular episodes of the Geek-Centric Podcast, uh, with our first episode up now, so you can definitely go check that out, and our second episode of the year, um, where we're going to look forward to all of the wonderful movies, TV shows, games, and collectibles coming in the not-too-distant future in 2021. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for today's Watch Club, and as we say... WandaVision